Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord. Wow. It seems odd when things change and something's different. We have no worship here tonight, but we have worshiped God, haven't we? You know, I, I love the Word of God. I, it's, it's been my life since I've got saved. And I've learned to go to the Lord in the, through His Word for answers to situations and problems that I have. Because there's where our comfort comes from. We can encourage and, and uplift our brothers and sisters, but when we get into God's Word and He shows us through His Word what He has for our life, it's, it makes a difference. It's encouraging. One of my favorite scriptures, uh, Brother Miller used to have me to quote this quite a bit, is Second Chronicles 16 and 9. It says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose hearts is perfect toward him. That perfect there means that we're not perfect people, but it means complete we are complete in him. So whenever we see the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, what does that say to us? He's looking the whole earth. And from where he's at, he can see it. Evidently. So uh, we were not looking for God. He was looking for us, wasn't he? That's what his word tells us. So uh, I asked the question tonight, why are you here? I want you to think about that. Why are you here? I don't mean so much as here tonight because some of you found out I was speaking and they stayed home. But no, why are you here in this body? Why are you here in this body? I ask you a question. Does God need our help? It's not a trick question. He must be if he's looking for us. He wants us to do something, doesn't he? So, <clears throat> why are we here at the palace today? I want to give us a little history about the church. I've been with Pastor Miller for going on 31 years. He had the church for about a year whenever I came to the church. We were running about 25 on Sunday morning. And look at where we're at today. 30 years ago. It seems like a few years. But to know why, uh, I was going to make it short tonight, but it looks like it's going to grow. Why we're here, we have to go to the beginning. How many knows we all had a beginning? And we go to Genesis 1 and 1. It says what? In the beginning, God created. He created this vast place in where we live. And he took him a while. It took him how many days? Six days. On the last day, 
of his creation, he created you and I. Through Adam and Eve on the sixth day. So the sixth day, the number six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. I got to thinking about that. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Who was he talking to? The Trinity. So man must took a lot out of God to create man because what happened the next day? He rested. So Adam took a lot out of God, I really believe. But that's how he was in his creation. He looked down after the sixth day and he said, it's not good. He said, it's very good. What I have done is very good. So God created Adam and Eve, and you know the story. God looked down. That's what, if I title a message tonight, it, and God looked down. And God looked down, and what did he and Adam do in the day? They communed during the day. They talked to each other. But this one day, God looked down, and he said, well, Adam, where you at? He said, I hid myself. Why? Because I disobeyed you. Therefore, disobedience came in and death came in. Now, this is, you all know this. It's just a refresher course. It's not, not going to be a test at the end. So just bear with me. <clears throat> so Adam and Eve sinned. And therefore, God had to look for redemption to get them out of the situation they were in. But sin progressed so much that God looked down and he said, man, this is awful. These guys are just getting worse and worse and worse. I think I'm going to just destroy them. Maybe start all over, I don't know. But God looked down and he saw Noah. And he said, I can't destroy Noah. Noah's a good man. Him and his family. So, you know the story. God took Noah, his family, and he started all over. Destroyed his creation with the water of the flood. And so he started all over. But God looked down. And this man was sinning again. Man, what am I going to do? Remember, God's eyes does what? They go to and fro looking. And God looked down and he saw Abraham. He said, there's somebody I can use right there. So he took Abraham and he promised him the world. Right? He said, Abraham, wherever the soles of your feet touch is yours. I'm giving you that. So he took Abraham and started a godly nation, the nation of Israel. But God's people started in again. 
That sin came about one more time. And from the pit of their sin, they cried out to God. God heard. So God's not only got eyes, but he's got ears. He heard the cries of his people. Then God, he looked down. And he saw Moses on the back of the desert. And he said, man, I think I can use that old boy right there. So he called Moses up on the mountain through the burning bush. And they delivered the people out of bondage, out of sin, out of Egypt. They're going along and God called Moses up on the mountain, up on the mountain, And he was up there for 40 days. Well, you take the, our pastor was away from us how many days? With his back, he was out for a long time. We missed him, didn't he? But we didn't do what Israel did. They said, he ain't coming back, so make us something that we can worship. So they melted all their gold down, made a golden calf, and started worshiping. And then God... He looked down. Moses, you know what's going on down there? Them guys are sinning. I think I'm just going to destroy all of them and take you and start all over again. What did Moses do? He reminded God of the covenant that he made with Abraham. He said, God, you can't do that. You promised Abraham he would have a nation that would be here. So... You know the story from there. So throughout the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, you'll find good leaders, bad leaders. Good kings, bad king. Good judge, bad judge. We see that throughout the whole Old Testament. So throughout the Old Testament, all this went on. And God said, man, i got to do something. He said, i got to make a way of escape for them guys so they'll quit this. So therefore, John 3.16 took place. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God made a way of escape. He made the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. He said, man, we got it made. Now they've got a redeemer. They're going to be saved. So he made the plan. He gave them a choice. And then, once again, God looked down. He looked down at, I'm telling you, it's a history lesson. He looked down at Ninth and Cedar. And he seen a little old church down there that they were about to shut the doors. And it hurt him. Man, I don't want these churches closing. So God, what? He looked down at Dudley. You hear that? He looked down at Dudley, Missouri, and he seen a tall, skinny dude over there. 
It was on fire. He said, my Lord, look at that. I think I can use that guy. I'm talking about Kent Miller. Now, the days when I first met him, he was tall and skinny. He has prospered over the last 30 years. So, uh, God sent Kent to Ninth and Cedar to start a work. And then God looked down and he saw Rex Darnell. He said, you know, that old boy can sing. I think I'll send him over there to Ninth and Cedar. Maybe help him guys out. He sent Rex over to Ninth and Cedar. Then God looked down again. And, Whoa, who's that old boy over there? Well, he used to be a drunk. I think I can use him. Chuck Lambert. He sent him to Ninth and Cedar. Well, he said he's got a loud voice. He won't have any problem hearing him. He can tell the people whatever Kent wants him to. And then God really had to look down. He looked way down. He seen a little bitty old dude about to dry it up. That John Sells? Man, what happened to him? You know what? That boy's smart. He's got it up here. I'm going to send him over to Ninth and Cedar to keep those guys straight. So he had a job for John. Now, I could say all of this about every one of you. Because God looked down and he seen you. And he knew what he wanted to do. That's why you are here today. So God looked down. One night at Ninth and Cedar. After a council meeting. He saw the pastor standing on the back steps the church snow was on the ground it was a quiet night bright I met him out there after the meeting so what are you doing out here I'm cooling off Kent loves cold weather I'm cooling off man. I said well I'll see you later I gotta go to work that night God looked down and he saw Kent standing on that back step, looking out over the city, having a burden for that that he could see. You see, Ninth and Cedar was on a hill. If you went to Ninth and Cedar, you had to go up to Ninth and Cedar. He looked out over, I remember going out that night and looking out at the Coliseum in the wintertime when the leaves were gone. You could see all the way to the Coliseum. And we could see the top of the Colosseum. That's how big it is. It may not look like that, but it, it's on a big hill. So, God seen Kent out there, and he seen the burden that he had. And he said, I shouldn't say Kent. I should say Pastor Miller. He said, Pastor Miller, you know what I'm going to do? You have a love for this city so much, I'm going to give it to you. Well, that, you know how we are with things like that. We kind of question it. God, this is a big town, and we just got a small church. 
But then again, God looked down, and he saw a minister in Cleveland, Tennessee. That's a little ways off. And he told him, said, you go tell Kent Miller what I told him is going to take place. The evangelist called him out of a meeting and said, you remember the night that you were standing in the back steps and God told you he's going to give you the city. This has been a while back. As time went on, growth took place. This church started growing. And God saw the need for a bigger building. And God looked down over on Herschel Best Boulevard and said, there's a hill. It's a big hill. He said, I think I'm going to send them guys over there. Now, folks, this looks big. Where is that? You ought to see it the first day we came up here. John Sales had that little Toyota pickup with about 300 bottles of oxygen in the back of it. Bouncing around all up and down this hill. It took its wall to knock down this hill big enough to put this building on, but God done it. But you know why we're here? It's because of you. It's because of you. Many prophecies that took place about taking the city. After we moved here, you've heard Pastor talk about seeing a crowd so big coming down BP Highway headed to the palace. Lots of people. Now the pastor had a vision. But Pastor West had a dream. You see where I'm going there? Young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. I'm sorry, Ken's not here tonight, brother. I don't know if it was a vision or a dream, but it stirred me up. We were out at Brother Miller's house. They were sighting in their deer rifles, going, getting ready to go deer hunting. Randy said, guys, let me tell you what I said. Was it a dream or a vision? A vision? He is a young man. Then. He had a vision of seeing this place so crowded with people looking for the word of God. And we didn't have enough Bibles to give out to them. Now, is that a crowd? That's a crowd. Has that took place? No. God said, I'm going to give you the city. Have we got the city yet? We've had prophecies and people, I've, I've talked to two or three people that said, Man, I was dreaming. I woke up last night in a dream. I don't know if it's dreaming or what, but I saw a balcony in our church. Have y'all ever thought about a balcony? I said, man, we got plans for a balcony. Evangelist come by, said, man, I see right up there in that corner of the balcony a woman being healed of cancer. 
We don't got no balcony. Is this going to take place? I ask you, is this going to take place? You believe these visions and these prophecies are going to take place? Why is it going to take place? Did God give Kent city? Yes. Has he taken it yet? No. Is he taking it? Yes. John, you remember we started our growth program, progress over at Ninth and Cedar. We had all that property around the church and we needed. The pastor said, man, we got to do something. He said, do you think we should buy all this property around here? What if these people don't want to move? Well, he put that to me and John, and so we took some time and we searched the scriptures and we came up with a scripture where God said, little by little will I drive out the inhabitants that surround you. He was talking about to Joshua whenever he was coming into crossing Jordan, coming into the promised land. He said, little by little will I drive out the inhabitants before you. We took that to pastor. It wasn't long. How many properties did we buy over there? 20, 30? I don't know how many pieces of property. We first went to them. They said, no, we're not going to sell. Next thing you know, they was coming to us. If y'all want to buy, well, we're ready to sell. We seen God at work in that. He looked down and seen the situation that was with him, we were in. Now, I'm a very jealous man. I don't like for people to get the best of me. Pastor West has had a vision. Pastor Miller has had a vision about what's fixing to take place. I started praying, Lord, let me have a dream. I know I'm not young enough for a vision yet, but give me a dream. I prayed that for almost two years, and finally I give up on the dream. God ain't give me no dream yet. But I found out whenever I was needing something settled in my soul, I start searching the scriptures. God tells us, said, search the scriptures because in them you have life. So I started searching the scriptures. And I came to Micah chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. And it just, one of them things that just stood out. I said, oh my God, look at this. Micah 4 and 1 says, but in the last days. How many believes that we are in the last days? You really believe that? Look at what's going on. The word says, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be at the coming of Christ. And it's evil continually. Today we look at the situations around. But Micah 4 and 1 says, In the last day it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. 
that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain. Are we in the top of the mountain? We look down from here. It shall come to pass, and it shall be exalted above the hills. It's going to be exalted above the lower places, and people shall flow into it. Let me read it again. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountain, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. Verse 2 says, And many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. Is that a prophecy? So, God gave Pastor Miller the city. It's for the taking. It's for the taking. I can give you something, but until you take it, it's not yours. If I laid a $100 bill down here on the set and I said, first come, first serve, well, I better lay a dollar down there. Y'all wouldn't come for a dollar. But are we taking it? Are we taking the city? It's not a trick question, people. You can say yes. Let's look at the sounds of Christmas. God looked down. He seen Randy. He said, I'm going to use that man to build this church and to fill it up. When is this place full? Sounds of Christmas. We fill these seats plumb to running over. Sounds of Christmas. A few years ago, right there where you're sitting, Stephanie, my friend, my grandson, whenever he said, if you want to accept the Lord, stand up. He said, Pop, I stood up and I accepted Jesus during our Christmas play. How many do we average coming to Two or three hundred a year, except on the Lord. Is that taking the city? Last year, through the media, my wife's nephew from Springfield watched last year before last play, and so they came last year. Said we got to come. They came. The only time he could get off was on a Sunday night. They drove over here and then back to work on a Monday. 
And he told me, he said, whenever he invited people to stand up and accept the Lord, he said, I stood up. That was right there where you're sitting, young man. Are we taking the city? Yes, we are. What about ETF program? Is it out all over the city? Is it working? Is it doing the work that God intended for it to do? What about the real man rally? And three or four hundred people here for that. And then let's look at that girlfriend connection. How many did y'all have? Three or four hundred. Five, oh my God, five hundred people. Is that taking the city? Yes, that's taking the city. Yes, we are taking the city. And I think every day the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout this whole region to see who he can send us next. Yeah, he looked down one time up north of Poplar Bluff, back in the hills, and he seen a little blonde-haired woman, and she's got a mouth on her like something else. And he looked down and he seen her. He said, I think I can use her. Is Cindy Cochran here tonight? <laughs> we love you, girl. And we're glad you listened. You know, I was questioning God like I've always do. I, I just, that's just my nature. One time and thought, God, is it going to get any better than this? And scripture came to me in Psalms that said, Consider the pit from which thou cometh. Whew. My God, where have you come from? Aren't you glad God looked down and saw you? And he said, I got a work for you to do. Each and every one of you, God's watching you. We tell our kids, you don't do that. God's watching you. But he's watching. Thank God he's watching us. Thank God he cares for us. Thank God he don't want to destroy us. He can't now. He sent his son and died for our sins. That through him we might have life. And we have a good life here at the palace. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Randy, you said to do whatever you felt like doing tonight, and I don't know. I don't know how to pray tonight for this situation. God has sent every one of you. You're not here by mistake. Look over there, Teresa. Wasn't very long ago she'd been. She's directing the sounds of Christmas now. I even heard her on the radio, man, pushing that thing. Said, yeah, we got a program. Look, sitting beside her, that big, tall, well, he's big and tall. Broke his foot back here on the, putting up some of this stuff here. Working for the Lord. God looked down and seen that tall dude. He said, man, I can use him. I can say the same thing about each and every one of you. 
God's got a purpose. And for this thing to take place that's been prophesied over all these years, it's going to take place. And thank God that we're here for it. We even got a lady sitting in the audience here that God looked down and saw her and said, man, she can sing. They call on her to sing all over this place. Debbie Morgan, National Anthem. That's what we ought to call her, Miss National Anthem. She can sing anything. But God has got a use for each and every one of us. And if you would tonight, let's come up here around like we always do on a Wednesday night for a time of prayer. And ask the Lord, Lord, you've called me here. Now, what do you want me to do?